Welcome to the Monday, August 9th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. Hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. And we have got you covered with a variety of action that we're looking at for tonight and beyond when it comes to the NFL and college football's futures market. So settle in and we'll get you setting up the 10 minutes with everything you know heading into the day. Welcome, welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. Unique week here uh, at ESPN when it comes to the betting content. No Daily Wager all week. We are dark. We'll return next Monday, but we are doing the podcast each and every day. You can catch Tyler and I as well on Bet, ESPN's digital betting show on ESPN's YouTube channel, Twitter channel, Facebook channel, you name it. That will be today, Wednesday and Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. But for right now, buddy, we got a lot to get to. Uh, and by a lot, I mean a little because the card is thin <laughs> for tonight's action. So we'll get to some NFL and or college football futures in just a moment. But when you take a look at the Major League Baseball card today, just a handful of games, what pops out? Well, you know, Joe Fortenbaugh, first thing I do when I look at the Major League Baseball card is Check the weather like Al Roker on the north side of Chicago. Yeah. And what do you know? We got the wind blowing out. It's going to be low to mid-80s, blowing out to left center at 10 to 15 miles an hour. So Wrigley should be a launching pad today for the Brewers and the Cubs. So I'll play the over of nine runs in that game, which I do think is a little low, even though Freddie Peralta is on the bump from Milwaukee. And he is a really, really good pitcher, one of the great ones that they have in that rotation that has him atop the NL Central. Uh, I think he's going to pitch well, but he is a fly ball pitcher who does run into walks from time to time, an 11% walk rate. So if the Cubs you know, are patient and put a few balls in the air against Peralta, they could put up some crooked numbers. I do think the Brewers, more so than the Cubs, uh, against Alec Mills are likely to score a lot of runs in this one and take advantage of that wind blowing out the warm air on the north side of Chicago. So nine, I'll play over uh, the total with Brewers and the Cubs. And I do like the Brewers on the run line because of that pitching advantage. Again, I think Peralta can have a blow-up spot, but more than likely I think we get to the tie or the total over nine with the Brewers providing most of the offense. If they give you six, seven, eight runs, then we're probably feeling pretty good here because Peralta can be good. But like I said, it will help if his pitching profile, because his pitching profile, I should say, um, portends to uh, the environment that uh, you'll see on the north side of Chicago. So Brewers run line, minus 120. And uh, Brewers-Cubs over nine runs. I like that uh, combined correlation play on the north side of Chicago. Agreement on the Brewers' run line. The Cubs just played last night on Sunday Night Baseball. They got beat 9-3. to Zach Davies was the starter. He was knocked out of that game after just two innings. So the bullpen had to use four arms to cover the remaining seven innings. I don't trust Chicago late in this game. To your point on Freddie Peralta, 2-2-1 ERA this year. He's given up more than two runs in just one of his last 14 starts. Now, the Ooh. weather may affect that today, but Peralta's been so good that in the matchup against Alec Mills, I'll take the Brewers on the run line. The Cubs have won just 10 of their last 38, and Milwaukee's the best road team in Major League Baseball. I'll also give you another one. Hold your nose here. But Kansas City's plus 157 against the Yankees. Big number for the Yankees to lay, considering no Anthony Rizzo, no Gary Sanchez due to testing positive for COVID. Uh, Jamison Tyone is going to be pitching today. At home, he's one thing. On the road, he's something else. And he's on the road today. 5-2-7 road ERA. Opponents hitting 274 versus at Yankee Stadium where they're hitting just 218. 
Now, the Royals are going to trot out the righty Carlos Hernandez. He's 24 years old. He started this season in the bullpen. He's come out recently, and he's made four starts. All right, one of those starts was against Detroit. He got lit up pretty bad, five runs allowed. But in the other three starts, he posted a 1-9-3 ERA, and two of those starts came against the heavy hitters from Chicago. That would be the White Sox, obviously, not the Cubs. So he's pitched pretty well in three or four starts this season. Actually, he's pitched great in three or four, and he's pitched pretty well overall. The Royals have won six of their last seven at home. At plus 157, I'll take a shot on them over the Yanks today. That's for today's baseball card. But since it's so light and we're getting closer and closer to the start of the college and pro seasons, any futures in the college football market you've been eyeing up? Yeah, we will uh, talk about it today on bet. uh, And I can go into further detail there. But in the ACC, one particular win total that kind of sticks out is just a little bit too high is North Carolina at 10. And I'm not looking much at the schedule because sometimes I think we get in a trap of trying to predict uh, how easy or hard a schedule is going to be in football, whether it's the NFL or college football, because there's turnover. Teams are better and or worse than we projected, and we just won't know that. So 10 for me just seems high because of what Matt Brown and the Tar Heels lost. Yes, they're bringing back Sam Howell, who is a Heisman Trophy candidate, a legitimate one. But their offense last season had Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Diami Brown, and Daz Newsom. All four graduated to the NFL via the draft, and all four combined to account for more than 40 offensive touchdowns and 4,000 yards of production. That is so much to have to replace. So to cash the over, the Tar Heels can only lose one game or go undefeated, which I, I don't think is going to happen. But if they lose two games, you're either pushing or if they lose more than that, you fail cashing the over. I just think the probability that there's three losses or more versus one loss or less, given what they lost offensively, and given that if Sam Howell gets hurt for a week or two, that's their best player down at the most important position. 10 seems way too high. Even in an ACC schedule, they're not going to see Clemson uh, on the card. So 10 just a little bit too too high. I think Mac Brown's doing a great job there, but given what they lost offensively, well, that's just asking a lot to replace that and coming and be better than they were a season ago when I believe they won just eight games. I agree in the sense that that would probably be the side to look at. I think one of the toughest games they have is the Notre Dame game. It's on the road, but Notre Dame has to play USC the week before and North Carolina gets off the week before. So they have two weeks to get ready for the Irish. Um, The other concern I would have for uh, UNC is while everyone's excited about Sam Howell this season, he's got to improve upon that sack rate. Not exactly fleet of foot, and he's got to be a guy that's better at getting rid of the ball rather than taking as many sacks as he did Last year, I'll go to the Big Ten and play under seven and a half wins on the Michigan Wolverines. Jim Harbaugh, stop me if you've heard this one before, looking for yet another quarterback to anchor his offense in Ann Arbor. He's been there, what? This is his seventh season, and Cade McNamara (laughs) is going to be either his sixth or seventh starting quarterback. So that's problem number one. It's not a knock on McNamara, but Harbaugh's done a really poor job of developing that position. Defensively, the top two pass rushers are gone. They went to the NFL. And Dom Brown, the defensive coordinator, is gone. You're bringing in a new D.C. and starting a whole new defense with multiple fronts and multiple looks. It's going to take time to build that thing up. I need five losses in order to cash this. I think three right off the bat at Wisconsin, at Penn State, hosting Ohio State are going to be three. And then they've got uh, Washington at home on September 11th. That's going to be a tight one. Northwestern at home on October 23rd, Indiana at home on November 6th, all in play.
for losses as well. And don't sleep on the Maryland game at the end of the season. It's a road game against a good offense that's going to be scheduled right in between a road trip to Penn State and a home game against Ohio State. It's the ultimate sandwich spot to keep an eye on. NFL, I'm going to throw one out there because there's news this morning. Play the Saints to miss the playoffs at minus 120. Michael Thomas, the wide receiver on Twitter, (laughs) quote, they tried to damage your reputation. You save theirs by not telling your side of the story, end quote. This obviously relates to what we heard from Sean Payton, the head coach, recently about Michael Thomas's ankle surgery happening so late, putting the team in a position where he might not be available early in the season. I'm telling you, the loss of Drew Brees to retirement isn't so much about what's happening on the field as it is what's happening in the locker room. There is a huge leadership void when Drew Brees is gone, and I don't know who's going to fill it, and I don't know how the team is going to respond. They're currently a three-point home dog to Green Bay in week one, They went from being a a two-and-a-half-point favorite to a two-point favorite at Carolina in week two, and they're plus one now at New England in week three. That was a pickup. So those games early in the season are moving away from the Saints. I see Tampa winning that division, and then they're going to be fighting for a wild-card spot, and I don't think it's going to happen. Remember, 12-4 and last year, but outside of the two wins against Tampa, the other 10 wins came against teams, none of which had a record over 500. Soft wins across the board outside of the two against Tampa. So keep that in mind. I'm going to bet the Saints to miss the playoffs. Well, there you have it. Small card today, but we still found a way to get a handful of bets in 10 minutes as promised. Thank you for listening. Give us a subscription rate and review. If you get the opportunity, it means a lot to us here at ESPN. And uh, good luck tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning.